This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Are they trying to finish Earl of backing up there to those spots? Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's what I mean. I want to laugh. If you're laughing at it... It's the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. It's the craziest paint scheme yet. Get the all-new limited edition Spy Wrangler Dega sunglasses this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. You can order them online at spyoptic.com. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s thoughts in just a minute with first name Davis and Mike Davis. I'm Taylor Zarzer. We'll also have Jeff Gluck calling in on speed dial. So we'll hear Dale Jr.'s thoughts here, Mike, in just a second about uh, the all-star race, about where the team's at and uh, things that are moving forward as well. But r- real quickly, that sucked. I mean, I, I don't know what else. The The format didn't work. Whether we want to give NASCAR credit for trying, uh, the effort, et cetera, I think everybody left confused on Saturday night, and that's unfortunate. It was confusing, but I've always admitted that uh, how Dale Jr. finishes a race often determines how I think about formats and rain delays and all that stuff. And so Jr. just scored his best all-star finish since 2002, and that was a good thing. And moreover, I think that Dale Jr., if I'm taking his comments on the radio chatter, it sounded like he was kind of happy with his call. Yeah, I I would say that's a good point. Two things. The, The format didn't work, in my opinion. Okay. Would you disagree great. with that? Uh, it was confusing. It was okay. confusing. And, and, right. and we can get with Jeff Glove. We can get, yeah, we'll get into that. effort and all that right. l- later. And attempt, you know, credit for trying all that. The format did not work. That's one of the thoughts I had. The other thought I had was the 88 made some gains on Saturday night. And that's what you should take from it, the gains. Not, not sit there and say, oh, they're where they need to be. It's not, not – that nobody's saying that. But – you needed to see something, a positive, out of this weekend, and I think that they did. Did you? Mm-hmm. I mean, like yes. you hear Junior say, yes. and, and I'm eager to hear what Dell Junior said here in his audio because, uh, right. you know, I, that was one of the big things. You want to go into this All Star race and, and say, I mean, last week he said it on this on this podcast. He goes, "I want to use this All Star race to try to win the World 600." And, we'll see uh, Junior uh, later in the week, and that's going to be fun. You'll have more on that coming up on uh, on Friday. But uh, I know he's on the move this week, but he did. He did leave some comments for us, Mike. He did. Okay, so this is how this works. I mean, basically, Dale leaves his, uh, you know, raw, candid comments on this podcast. He does. He sends it to us. Sometimes I give him some things that I saw during the race that I want him to expand on that I think would be informative, and that's what I did this week because he was on the move. He wasn't going to have a whole lot of time to, um, you know, really go through and think, think this out. So I gave him some pointers. One of them was, did, you, did your team accomplish the goal for the weekend? Did you find speed in the car that you were looking for? The other thing I wanted him to expand on, and he talks about this, is that incident at lap, let's see, what was it? Um, it was about lap 71, 72, where Chase Elliott was pitting right after a restart because he had to get that mandatory green flag pit stop in. But it was right when the field was all packed up after that restart and it ended up causing a wreck uh, that we were not in, but we almost were in. I mean, Dale Jr. was like, whoa, you know, what is that? I mean, he almost hit the wall. He's trying to avoid chase. So I wanted Dale to sort of expand on that if he, you know, thought that that was a turning moment for him, uh, being the fact that he avoided what a lot of other cars were not able to avoid. In, in that, I mean, like you had, uh, mm-hmm. who was it, Kenseth, Tony Stewart, Harvick, Casey Kane, all were collected up in that wreck. Uh, around lap 72 so that's what we're going to hear you'll hear him say you know he'll, he'll kind of read off the bullet points but uh, that's that that's what we do and that's, yeah that's i, I love it there. we get his raw candid comments every single week 
maybe none more so than last week, which we certainly appreciated. Here he is this week on the Dale Jr. Download. All right, we came into this race for the All-Star race uh, looking to make some gains on our car. We hadn't uh, obviously felt like we've been running as well as we need to. So the All-Star race is a you know, non-points event. You can definitely try some things you you wouldn't try because you're not stuck with it for 600 miles. That's only 113-lap race. So we... um. Put a lot of stuff in the car that we'd never ran before that we wanted to run or heard that other guys were running. And I'll be honest, you know, the uh, the car didn't show a lot of speed in practice. It wasn't very comfortable. <clears throat> we made a lot more changes before the race. When the race started, you know, the car was okay. It was a little bit better than the 20 and 78 and 11 in front of me um, at one point in that first segment. But we still, on the long run, we're getting real tight. Greg made some adjustments. Every time we came down pit road, we worked on the adjustments. And in the second segment, the car was getting a lot faster. Obviously, the track position was helping as we were getting closer toward the front and getting better air and uh, downforce on the car. And Greg also made some changes to help the front grip. We just had a lot more front grip and, and rear grip, too. We, you know, He really improved the grip around the whole car. Uh, the very last segment, we made some more adjustments that we, uh, we understand that hurt the car. So that's good. I mean, we're understanding, we're seeing, you know, we're making changes. The car's responding. This is something that we hadn't seen over the last few weeks. We still have to find a little bit more speed for the 600 coming up this weekend, but we definitely feel like we've got a direction that we can continue to go in. In segment two, we had a restart with four laps to go before everyone had to make their pit stop at lap 85. So we got a restart at lap 80, 81. Everybody had to pit by lap 85, so everybody was freaking out trying to get to pit road. So uh, Chase Elliott dove for pit road, and I don't think uh, he told anybody up on the spotter stand, so at least my spotter didn't know about it. Um, didn't see anything down the back straightaway that was a signal from Chase, but I couldn't really even see him. Uh, the 16 ran into the back of him. The 16 was on my inside, so the 16 ran into the back of Chase, and the 16 was coming up the track, and I lost control of my car and almost hit the wall. <clears throat> and then I looked behind me, I guess there was a wreck with the 14 and the 20 and a couple other guys. So, you know, Chase was trying to do what he had to do to get to pit road. He didn't, you know, he didn't drive up the track. He tried to get to pit road, but it was just a frantic and uh, just bad timing, really. Everybody on top of each other trying to get to pit road at that particular point was pretty dangerous. And it resulted in guys getting getting torn up. So. We waited uh, till we had a little more room behind us to make our pit stop. <clears throat> I was real happy with the result. The team's pretty positive about what we learned, feeling good about our car, feeling good about the 600, think we can go in there and get competitive. We're gonna definitely need to get some track position and keep that track position. You saw those guys that were fast early in the race and cars that are very competitive week in and week out struggle when they would get back around 10th place and I felt the same way. So if you get stuck back there you're likely not going to be able to get yourself out of it. You know that, that that's a whole nother conversation running that race at night that that handicaps the, our ability to really showcase how much racing we can do. You saw uh, in the afternoon the truck race and the uh, showdown were pretty thrilling. Well, in the afternoon, there's a little more track temp, and that bottom groove isn't quite as dominant. 
and that allows guys to use the middle and even the top uh, throughout a run to to gain an advantage. So as it gets cooler, the sun goes down, the track temp goes down, the grip comes into the track, the track gets faster, that bottom groove becomes more dominant. It's a little bit more difficult to make a car work in the middle or the top. You can do it, but it's less of an advantage. So in my mind, I really wish they would run the All-Star Race and the 600 during the day. The Charlotte Motor Speedway was repaved almost 10 years ago or something like that, eight years ago. And it's just not aged as quickly as you would anticipate. The track still has a lot of grip. The surface itself hasn't discolored, lightened, or anything like that. It's, it's maintaining uh, it's maintaining really well, which is the what, that was the intent when they paved it. But we're all understanding uh, now, after the fact, that we really want all these tracks to age. And the older asphalt seems to put on the better races. Become, the groove becomes wider. More opportunity to move around, find faster lanes and pass guys, not have to be forced to follow them in their tracks. So with this track not really aging as fast as it needs to or we anticipated, uh, it seems to be the best op option is to run these races during the afternoon when there's some more good heat in the racetrack. The track does seem to get wider. Um, there are a lot of bumps and imperfections. The track is getting a lot rougher. That's, uh, that's a good thing for the track itself and for the future of the track and the racing there. Um, but at night, man, it just gets so fast. You go right to the bottom. That's where you got to be. Uh, and it's really hard to pass if everybody's running the same line. Otherwise, I will say uh, as, as much of a pain in the butt it was and kind of amusing, at some points in the night, especially after segment one, in uh, all the confusion, NASCAR always did get the lineup sorted. I felt like everyone was where they were supposed to be, at least in, in and around me uh, in the lineup. I wasn't out of place. Other guys weren't out of place. So all the restarts were, were satisfactory to me, and that's all you want. It was kind of funny, lap down cars pitting with lead lap cars and this and that and the other. And, Everything kind of got confusing there at one point. But uh, NASCAR did take the time to sort it out, make sure it was right in the end. The lug nut checking and all that stuff is a necessary evil until we find a better solution. There is certainly a better way. We just have to uh, come up with that plan and activate that whenever it happens. But. For now, it's a necessary evil that's part of the part of the environment we're in. Uh, the outside line on the restarts was the best place to be. That was a big advantage for us late in the race. I think on one of the restart, one of the later restarts in the second segment, we were tenth on the restart. Got the green, moved up to eighth. Caution come out, restarted again, got up to fourth. Caution come out. You know, I mean, it was great to be on the the outside. And later in the race, in that little 13-lap segment, before our car got real uh, tight, we were tight that whole segment. Um, I let Brad go by to, in, the, in the case we got a caution to be able to have the opportunity to restart fourth. Brad was going to pass me either way, but uh, you know I was 
I didn't really contest that position because I didn't want to get a sudden caution and have to restart third. That would not have been the preferred line. Well, we ended up uh, finishing third after Larson got into a little bit of trouble late there in turn one. That was a pretty exciting battle. Kyle is an amazing race car driver. All of us have known this for a couple years. This isn't anything new. He, uh, he has been able to showcase his abilities because I think his guys are getting smarter. They're giving him some great race cars. And uh, he sure can drive them. When you give him the good stuff, man, he's got, he's got the talent. And that's the future of our sport, him, Chase Elliott, all those guys. There's so many good guys coming up through right now. There was a little bit of a lull in the quality of drivers or the opportunities these guys were getting. But uh, through the K&N series, uh, through uh, all these guys offering these kids these opportunities to race late models and so forth, you got David Gilliam starting his team up and all kinds of people with these teams, giving these people places to race, opportunities and cars to race. They're getting their they're getting their chance to showcase themselves. They're in they're moving up into the truck series, William Byron's and guys like that. So the future is bright, really bright. So I'm excited about that, and it's fun to see Kyle run well because Kyle Larson's a good guy. Well, that's about it. You know, I thought thought there was a lot of people that liked the racing, from what I can tell on social media. Not anybody, nobody complained about the racing, and that's important. We got that racing going, so, and we can get it even better. There's a lot more gains to be made. Uh, NASCAR is certainly working in the right direction. So the racing and the cars racing each other and the ability to catch a guy, get to him, and not get stuck behind him, to be able to try to pass him. I mean, when I saw that 22 car get up to the 40, to and, and not get stuck behind him. He was actually able to drive all the way up to his bumper and get on his quarter panel and stuff. That's stuff we couldn't do last year, the year before. I haven't, we haven't been able to do that in years. We've been so limited because of the big hole these cars were punching that we couldn't even get to each other. We'd get stuck three, four, five, ten car lengths behind the car without any chance of actually being able to drive up to their bumper. So this is incredible what we are able to do this year. In my opinion, we got that we're going in the right direction to see even more of that. So that's a very good thing. Something to be excited about. Yes, you know, the all-star race is kind of goofy. Uh there's a few too many gimmicks in the sport for my taste. Uh, but the racing is getting better. But hopefully that's hopefully that racing, the good the good racing and the quality racing is going to continue to uh, bring people to the racetrack. It's going to get people to turn on the television. Ratings are going up. I'm going to Texas to uh, celebrate Amy's grandfather's 80th birthday. I'll see you later. Always appreciate getting his perspective each week here on the Dale Jr. Download. It'll be fun to have him in person on Friday, which we certainly encourage you to come see. Mike will have more on that. Coming up a, a bit later on, I again, I used the word gains earlier. There's a lot to chew on that Junior just went over, but the one thing that I, Taylor, will concentrate on is that Dale Jr. seems to have a little bit of confidence in his voice from what he saw on Saturday night. He appreciates all the things that the team tried, Mike, and they were working. 
and the fact that they're trying a bunch of things, and as the race was going on, uh, the adjustments that Greg Ives made were working, you can tell gives him some confidence going into this weekend. He said the word direction. They've got a direction. Yes. And that's a, that, that is something certainly to be happy about. It's worth noting that it wasn't just after the race that he said, oh, that was a good car. Like, it was after basically the second segment. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry, it was during the second segment. We had just made a pit stop for two tires, and that was a, a strategy call that actually gained us three or four positions in this race. Junior was in eighth. He comes in. Uh, takes two tires during uh, on lap 83 during the second uh, segment. He went. Uh, he comes out and restarts fifth. That was a a big plus for us on a pit strategy thing, and it was also the pit stop where he all of a sudden said, I, "I'm I'm starting to like this. I like this. I'm I'm happy with the car." And so they gained on it quite a bit during this race. And I think track position does. He mentioned this. Track position obviously matters as well. That's mm-hmm. why you're going to go in there and, and, and really kind of look at that and make sure that they are staying up where they can be competitive. I mean, when you get back in the middle of the pack, your car may not be set up to race back there. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So uh, it's something to look forward to this weekend. But I think it was a really good weekend. I think they came in there, got what they were looking for, made gains on it. You said it. You said it best. He's got a little confidence in him. We'll see how it transpires over to this weekend. Speed dial. Speed dial time with our friend Jeff Gluck of USA Today. Mike Davis. I remember when Jeff Gluck was the nicest guy in the world, and nobody, probably even his future wife, knew who he was. Now he's the nicest guy in the world, and everybody knows who he is. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because he has always uh, he's been one of the best uh, beat reporters that we've had on this circuit, and um, and I, I'm glad he's getting his uh, recognition. Although this would probably make him very uncomfortable for us even saying this. So if that's our goal, I think we're doing a good job. Gluck, how do you feel about being world famous now? I I really didn't know that I was. Um, <laughs> I hope that like with being world famous, he would get like more money or something and. But I, I maybe somebody hasn't gotten the memo, or, or at least I haven't, because I'm, I'm still like living in the same apartment I've had for like nine years. And I'm, I'm waiting for the, the fame to translate into something. I guess. <laughs> well, you're married now. That's that's an upgrade, man. That's an upgrade. Oh yeah, for sure. That's an upgrade. Um, we, but on the... like, if you're world famous, don't you like, you know get like a free cup of coffee at Starbucks or something? I don't know. <laughs> you should. Let's work on that, Taylor. We'll make yeah. that the Dale Jr. Downloads goal for the next uh, month. Let's get you're a, a you're coffee. pretty you're a pretty convincing guy. I, I think we should have you his bosses at USA Today on is uh I think what you need to do, Mike. Okay. Um and and see if we can we can help him out. I, I know you've got a lot of questions to ask Jeff about what happened in the All Star race the other night. I, I've got a really simple one, Gluck, that I want to ask you. Do you think we'll ever see a format like that ever again? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, first of all, I, I just have to say that I like the format going in. So I don't want to stand here and be like, this format, oh, my God, it should never come back. Because in some ways, I mean, I was, I was hoping it was going to translate into a good race. But I don't think it should come back now just because it's sort of tainted. Um, and that's not that's not Brad Keselowski's fault or, you know, the guys that came up with the format. But it's just unfortunate because the way the circumstances played out, now if you, if you said to somebody, hey, we're going to try to do that same format next year just with a couple different tweaks, I think the fans are going to be like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, I, Dale Jr. on pit road after the race uh, had, had a pretty compelling argument for just making it as simple as possible. And I think 
that the reaction to next year's format should be like, all right, let's just try to simplify this and, and make it clear for everybody and, and get away from um, making any, any sort of complex rules because clearly it just, it, it just didn't work out. But, Jeff, here's my question to that, to that very point. I mean, if you look at any sports all-star event, they're typically pretty boring. I mean, is that not fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, this, and this all-star race has been boring for okay. the last few years. So is, yeah. it, is it fair to bang on NASCAR for trying to create an exciting all-star format, um, it, you know, especially when it's commonplace for, for NASCAR fans to critique every week whether a race was boring or not? This is the all-star event, so – like, shouldn't we give them a pat on the back for trying? Well, I, I feel like, yes, for sure. Because, I mean, look, the point was, let's try to, you know, they said to themselves, let's try to do something where the fans are going to get a good finish. You know, drivers, do you have any ideas? How can we make this better? And Kozlowski, you know, he's an outside-the-box type, type thinker, as you know. Yep. And he, you know, kind of comes up with this kind of crazy idea. But the object was that there's going to be a whole bunch of cars on older tires um, that had been slower all night, and then there was going to be the fastest cars on new tires, and they were going to have to zoom through the field, and they were, they were going to be going all over the place, and everybody's going to be like, holy cow, this is crazy, they're coming, you know, can they catch them, can they catch them, the laps are winding down. And as it turned out, there was only two guys on old tires who were quickly passed. I mean, fortunately, the racing in the final segment with Larson and Logano was good anyway. Right. Um, the new era package obviously working out. But it just wasn't how the format was intended to go. And, and I think by the time you even got to the final segment, sort of the narrative had already been lost. You know what I mean? Everybody was already dumping on it, and this stinks, and it's too confusing. And no matter what happened in the final segment, it just wasn't going to work. Well, so let me ask you, I mean, was it really that confusing, or did it simply become fun and entertaining on social media just to kind of dump on the whole situation because that's sort of what Twitter does at times, you know, when, when you know, they, they exploit the <laughs> even the smallest little confusion or smallest little problem. I mean, was it that confusing? Yeah, I think it was. Okay. I think it was. And not the, not the rules itself, not the format, because, like, I, dude, I studied up before this. Like, I, I was like, I'm going to know every rule going in, and I'm going to be able to explain everything to people. And, um, you know, I listened to so closely in the driver's meeting and I felt like I understood what was going on. And even when Kenseth was staying out, I, I was like, well, okay, now somebody, if there's a caution right now, somebody is going to be penalized and they're going to go lap down because there's going to be no chance for them to pit under green. Like they waited too long. So that part I understood, but what happened was that the wave around stuff, yep. NASCAR just sort of didn't officiate it the right way, or I don't know what happened up in the tower, but, they weren't prepared for the scenario, and so, so they they bring Kenseth down, um, pit road, right, and and to serve as penalty. But they, that's the same time they open the pits for everybody. So what they should have done was bring Kenseth in by himself. He serves as penalty, so he's no longer the leader. Everybody, all those cars unlap themselves. Then they make their pit stop. So they basically take a wave around, so to speak, on on like by under caution, and then. Kenseth would be the only car one lap down. Everybody else is back on the lead lap, and they go on with segment two. But instead, half the field's lap down. There's no way to get their lap back. Um, and at that point, it was sort of a, the, the format's intention had been lost. Right. Jeff, last thing I, I want to say about this is I, I agree with you. Ultimately, it was an unforeseen situation. 
that uh, that really cost them, and it's why the drivers were frustrated, and I think a lot of casual fans that tune in for this event were frustrating. It's the all-star race. To me, it's one of the most exciting events on an annual basis. Ultimately, I would like to have something like three segments. You must pit after the first two segments, and then you have a, a shorter dash for the cash in the final segment. That way, everyone can understand what you're doing. Do you think they're going to make it somewhat similar to what I just suggested? I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you, but like, um, I think in, you know, Dale Jr. had a, a great concept that I think would be applicable as well to making it as simple as possible is to don't legislate the, the pit strategy at all. Let the team decide for themselves when they want to pit. And that makes it even simpler because then there, you don't even have to worry about a rule of when you can you know, take tires or what you have to do this, you have to do this. Nothing mandatory about the pit stops. Um, and then that, that brings strategy into it without even having to make a rule specifically about that. Um, to me, though, like uh, Denny Hamlin's idea, he, you know, he said, maybe you just do something where you throw a green-white checkered at the end of the final segment because that's going to guarantee you bunch everybody up and it's a crazy restart. Um, you know, maybe sort of that's the answer. Five to go, we're throwing a green-white checkered for the million. Here you go. Um, so, but I do think something like you're saying with the, you know, simple segments, line them up, go, but I, I would be in big favor of eliminations as well, because of what we saw in the, in the preliminary races. I mean, the showdown was obviously the best thing of the day, um, with Larson and Chase Elliott battling, uh, their guts out to make, get that last transfer spot. I think if you cut, you know, a few drivers after every segment, then you'd have a battle in the back of the field to talk about. You'd have some mm. crazy sort of last lap excitement and that might be something you could add to it as well i like, I that, like that mike i like that idea a lot yeah. um because that that means the first couple of segments really matter and you have to be in a certain position to advance and i don't have any problem with what junior said either you know pit whenever you want i just think that if you have less segments with less complication i think all of us are going to enjoy this md a lot more than we did the other night yeah i mean let me tell you another thing i like about that elimination idea uh that gluck gluck you actually tweeted that. I, I like how you formulated your ideas based off of different sources i mean you got dale's idea put in there you got denny hamlin's idea of the green white checkered the elimination thing is compelling because it also eliminates the sandbagging uh component and there was some of that in this race it's it sort of got lost because of everything else that got lost but you had jimmy johnson b falling back and letting people pass him let biffle pass you had even dale jr let kozlowski go by and take at the time he to take third this was in the last segment because jr wanted to position himself to restart on the outside row if there was a last uh restart there for a green right checker thing not that that's ultimately the the true definition of sandbagging but eliminating people after every segment you can't sandbag you got you got to actually get out there in front and stay in front yeah and i think too the you know the sport needs that sort of norm bending moment from the from the eldora race a few years ago i mean that's that was in a preliminary race it wasn't even in the main event but people still talk like that's like the number one eldora memory right yeah, um, yeah. And, and if you could create something like that, I mean, I know he was an underdog and, and, and added to it, but let's say you had like some, you know, somebody, what if the Benedetto say had gotten in the race the other night, right? And he's, it's the first segment and he's scrambling and somehow he makes the second segment and everybody's like, Oh my gosh, what a great story. Like he, he survived the cut. This is so cool. I wonder how far he can go. Um, you know, just even stuff like that, I think would be 
neat, and it would add to it where you're not just watching the front, the leader for 50, 50 laps, 50 laps, um, but you have something to talk about that means something toward, toward the back. All right, Mr. Gluck, uh, one thing I want to ask you about with uh, Dale Jr. in the 88 season before, uh, before we let you go. He was obviously pretty adamant on this podcast last week uh, about uh, that he expects more from himself and from his team. Very frustrated by the way the 88 has run the, the last couple of weeks. What did you make of his comments last week on this podcast, and uh, what do you see for him moving forward in the 600? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, what I made is he's a pretty honest guy. Um, I mean, I, obviously we all knew that, but um, he's not afraid to put it out there and, and truly speak his mind, I think. And um, obviously he understands what kind of weight his words have, um, but he's still willing to be honest with the fans and say what's going on and say how he feels. Um, and I don't real I don't know if fans realize, you know, around the sports world how rare that is um, just in general because, I mean, it, you know, to get that kind of candor is, is pretty unique, I think. But um, I don't think it's something that you're going to get fixed overnight. I, I think that, uh, you know, obviously the Gibbs cars still have a lot of speed. Um, it's going to be something where it's an evolution, and it's probably not going to be, you know, one weekend they're going to show up and all of a sudden it's like, wow, they're fast and everything's all, all better now. You know, it's going to take little baby steps and little, you know, finding tenths of a second or something like that. Um but obviously he's still in good position, you know what I mean, like for the chase. And, and that's the thing about this new format. I mean, 16 guys making it in. So um, if you miss the chase, you have to be having a not very good year. So it, it's probably I, – I think Dale Jr. is going to win um, a race or two. So, I, I, you know, I wouldn't count that out. But points-wise, um, he's going to make it anyway. So as long as you're setting yourself up for the fall um, – I, I think that's that's the biggest concern, you know. Well said there, Jeff. Last, last thing I want to ask you, you uh, USA Today now has the Start Your Engines podcast, and you've been a part of that. How much fun are you having with that? And Where can people find it? Well, thanks. Um, it's really kind of embarrassing compared to your podcast. I mean, we're, like, very not professional about it yet. We, we have a lot of work to do. But it's, well, we're, we're just, not I'm professional either. Learn. <laughs> we, we, we never tried for professionalism. Trust me on that. <laughs> yeah, well, it comes across pretty – like, I mean, it's a lot of times it's me after a race standing with, like, Mike Hembry in a closet at the track using my cell phone to record the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're it's just we're, like, literally just trying to get our thoughts out there. We, we need to work on, um, like, getting it to sound better and things like that. But uh, it's on iTunes, uh, and uh, if, you, if you go to start your engines. The, the IndyCar one right now is a lot better because, IndyCar is like really working with um, with us on trying to like get their guys out there. So like they give us the race winner every week. They put them on on the podcast, which is really cool. Um, like I wish NASCAR would kind of be like, hey guys, would you like to have the race winner? But that'll never happen. But um, instead, you've anyway, got Mike Kimbrey so, in a closet. That's what you've got. Very uncomfortable too. <laughs> <laughs> the rooms are very small and I'm just like. Uh me and mike and yeah well buddy good best of luck with that uh i enjoy listening to you guys uh, i didn't know y'all were in a closet that i don't think that changes anything for me it might actually add an element of humor for me the listener so uh <laughs> but i'm glad that you're doing it man uh welcome to the podcast world we love having you on this one as well and i really appreciate you coming on and explaining all this to us absolutely yeah i'm getting more and more into podcasts too and and like the 
the door bumper queer podcast this year that, that you guys have added. I mean, yep. gosh, that's so good. I, I love listening to that <sighs> in my car, too. So, well, listen, yeah, keep up the good work you guys are doing as well. I don't want to give TJ too many props, but I'm going to tell you something. I do learn something from door bumper clear every week that I listen to it. And, and so I, I know Taylor's okay. I can hear Taylor sighing on the other side here. But, t- but admittedly, Brett Griffin and TJ Majors do bring a whole lot of uh, no in, in perspective and vantage point that, honestly, we don't have. So that, It's really, really, really good, and it makes me really sad because it complete, <laughs> it goes, it's completely going to TJ's head. That's why. I, the, the podcast yeah. is hilarious. It's entertaining. It's informative. Yes, yeah. we can't do that, but it makes me sad because TJ is becoming more <laughs> famous because of it, and that's dangerous. Well, but um, but Glutka, thank you very much for your time today, my man. Uh, we look forward to seeing you down the road soon. Yeah, thanks. Good to talk to you guys. I appreciate you having me on. It was awesome. Take care, buddy. That's Jeff Gluck joining us here from USA Today. Yeah. Time now for Radio Chatter Replay, presented by Nationwide. Junior Nation, check out the ride with Dale Jr. to help kids everywhere come campaign from Nationwide and Nationwide Children's Hospital. Really, really cool stuff. In case you missed it, Dale Jr. will be driving the number 88 Nationwide Children's Hospital Chevy SS during the Kentucky race weekend. And you can have your name on the car. Two exclamation points. Name on the car. Simply donate to the hospital at nationwidechildrenshospital.org slash Dale Jr. And your name will be placed on the hood of that car. Only a limited Spots are available, so you need to act quickly on this. Uh, I've got some more comments i got to make on this in a second. Check out Nationwide's social channels on Facebook at Nationwide88, on Twitter at Nationwide88 for more information and for updates. Speaking of Twitter, so if you were following Mike Davis, who has 6 million Twitter followers, there's um, only one name that I bet you would want on the hood of the car in Kentucky. And his name is Ira Joe Hussey, correct? Man, did you like I saw that I saw this name during the introductions of the All-Star event. He's on Kevin Harvick's pit crew. Apparently he's been in the sport forever. And I see his name flash across and I'm like, greatest name ever. <laughs> like like he belongs in a NASCAR race, which is where he is, or on a, on the cover of a country music album. Or true like or false. He, he true or false. You start here. True or false, you started calling Gracie Ira Joe yesterday. True. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to the courthouse to get it legally changed. Her, Lily's name, I mean, Ira Joe Hussey. It could go clearly for a girl or a boy, either way, because yeah. Ira Joe, I mean, it, I mean, that's a big old dude that I, that I think that he is. If, it's, mm-hmm. if Ira Joe Hussey is the guy that they showed on the screen at the same time that they put his name up there, I mean, that's a big dude. You don't want to mess with it. I think it's a fabulous name. And I like to call out what I think are fabulous names. Trust me, I've spent a life as Mike Davis. Like, there's a hundred of us just in this zip code here. It's a boring name. Ira Joe Hussey. There is not another Ira Joe Hussey in this world. It would make your life if the name Ira Joe Hussey was on Dale Jr.'s car in the Kentucky race. Oh, it'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) It'll happen. Okay. Now, let's listen to Radio Chatter Replay. All right, let's get your uh, front tire fans on here and uh, get ready to go. All right, man. Nice smooth shift. I'll let you know when you can uh, change lanes after the start-finish line there. Creep a little bit. Ready. And we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. Now we're good. Other being rigid, how's your balance? 
out of the out of the racetrack. I've not got any grip on the right front or the right rear. I'm real tight and I'm almost spinning out. Just the whole right side skipping across the racetrack through the corner. All right, so uh, we're going to make a big swing at this lap 46 we just completed there. Um, you know, have the track bar down an inch. Just slick on the right rear, and when I use the throttle, it slick on the right rear. I'm tight off throttle. Yeah, boy, we're going to put left rear spring in it, pull a bunch of wedge out to see if that's the direction we need. We are the lucky dog. Oh, I didn't know I was racing the 20 for the back. You were not until everybody pitted. Oh. Yeah. All right. All right, so they're going to post the 20 car. He has a penalty. He has not made a stop in this segment, so he's in trouble. So I don't know if that gives us a, a wave around. Caution is out. Caution is out. Caution is out. Real, real harsh. My head's banging around in the headrest real bad. Getting off into turn three. Down through the middle of three and four. The track we've got a lot of imperfections. We've made the ride way harsher on the right front. Still lined up inside. Everything's good in front of you. Still lined up inside. Say hi here. Jesus. Good up here. Caution's out. Caution's out. You are clear. Caution's out. You are clear. Pretty big wreck over here. How's the race for tonight, 10th and 11th? The problem is, first car lap down is 14th, so there's no way they can get them on us. No, I'm just saying, are they trying to finish all of them backing up there to those spots? Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's what I mean. I want to laugh. If you're laughing at it. Around this two, five, four, three, two, one. Hard, 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 keep going, hard, 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 keep going, hard, hard, in front of the 19, good. 4,000, 4,000, 4,000, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure, good stop. I didn't think that 22 would get to him. I probably shouldn't have given up third, or I probably didn't have much of a choice, that two is pretty fast. Yeah, tough work. Got a little more speed than those. Flag. So that's Radio Chatter Replay, presented by Nationwide. And again, really cool what they're doing with the Kentucky race. Mike Davis trying to get Ira Joe Hussey's name. On the hood of that car. It'll happen. It is time now for Reaction Theater. All right, Dale Jr., great guys. You gave me frustrations for the first half of this rain season. Great changes and great way to get to third. Unfortunately, the finish would come for us. Unbelievable, crazy-ass racing going on tonight. Saturday night, full moon racing at Charlotte. Uh, NASCAR, you still could be in hell with the rule changes, but it was fun watching it. Crazy going on. Uh, quick question, when Larson ran the wreck there at the end of the race, Shinnikashi come out, usually does. That same thing, Jira was in front as well. Hashtag Dell yeah, hashtag straight ass crazy racing, hashtag no beers. I couldn't, wow, that's surprising, the last part. I would have guessed it. Yeah, there's definitely beers involved. I couldn't. Did he ask a question? Yeah, he asked if Akashi should have come out when Larson got into the wall. When Larson got into the wall? Yeah. I, no, I don't. I mean, it would have been nice, but yeah, I mean, but, but it, I don't think no, I don't, I don't have a problem with them not throwing a caution there. I felt bad for him. Yeah, well, I mean, our only shot of winning, Dale actually was positioning himself to 
for a potential last restart. And uh, so, it, you know, it will given him one more crack at it. But, you know, I don't think they should have thrown a caution. It's funny. Like, I used to have no – for whatever reason, I just had no interest in Montoya or that car. Now I kind of like Kyle Larson. You know, like, I mean, I'd say on one hand he's a guy that I would root for. You know, as a future of the sport kind of guy. I know Junior's a big fan of him, so. Yeah, everybody um, yeah. It's It's kind of fun to uh, actually look at the 42 and not say, ugh. I I just, <laughs> for the record, I never said, ugh, when I did. was in it. But you know, I did. But that's fair. Okay. <laughs> I did laugh. Well, I, I laughed at first when he hit the jet dryer, and then I didn't laugh with how long it took to clean up that mess. Who's next? Well, despite the fact that Junior finished third and apparently liked his car at the end of the race, that all-star race sucked. NASCAR mm. should never listen to Keselowski. He's an idiot. You think he's taking it on the chin right now, MD? Yeah, I guess. I, I, I'm not so sure he apologizes for it, though. Again, it's just all perspective. I, again, you know, listen, we all are experts uh, in hindsight in 2020, uh, but, uh, you know, Personally, I think I take the position that I don't knock. I don't knock. I, I get that it was confusing, and I, I get and I understand that you don't want confusion in your format. That's when you, that's a good that's a good indicator that it's probably not where it needs to be. That being said, I like the attempt. I like the attempt. I guess. No, I appreciate the effort. I think that's fine. Who's next? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of calls complaining about the format and everything else. Nothing wrong with the format. Just some crazy stuff went down. What I want to talk about is how about Junior hanging it out there on the high side, four wide on the last restart. Got to give the guy credit. Got up on the wheel. Got up there where he needed to be. Finished third with a slow car. Got faster as it went on, but I still feel the need. The need for speed. Bail you. It's a good synopsis right there. I, and, and there's something about him taking the high side that just fires you up. <laughs> yeah. And it then, really is. And, and then when you realize it's four wide, you want him to not be four wide on the high side. I, didn't, <laughs> I did not think that was going to end well for us. No, it, it, I agree with that. Yeah, that, it's always, it's always kind of crazy and hairy when, you, when you're four wide. But I, I, I don't know. When, watching him pass cards on the high side – is more fulfilling than him passing cars on the bottom for whatever reason. He likes it up there. He sure does. Who's next? It's because what you love, Junior, it's what you were born to be. And here you sit thinking, well, Dale Junior is not a thinker. Dale Junior is a driver. He's a doer. And that's what you need to do. You don't need to think. You need to drive. You need speed. You need to get out there and you need to rev your engine. You need to get fired up. You need to grab a hold of that line between speed and chaos, and you need to wrestle it to the ground like a demon cobra. And then, when the fear rises up in your belly, you use it. And you know that fear is powerful because it's been there for billions of years. And it is good. And you use it. And you ride it. You ride it like a skeleton horse through the gates of hell. And then you win, Junior. You win. And you don't win for anybody else. You win for you. You. You know why? Because a man takes what he wants. He takes it all, and you're a man, aren't you? Aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard you talk like that before. Are you about to get it on? Because I'm as hard as a diamond in a storm right now. Oh, my gosh. Hashtag Dale, yeah. Hashtag nice run last night. Hashtag 10 beer-flavored waters last night. Hashtag Mike Davis still sucks.
Yes, and that might be Submarine Mike and his wife's best call ever. <laughs> that is. That really might be the best call that they've ever, ever made, by the way. Is this the first time that Submarine Mike and his wife have ever left a call that they weren't singing, when they weren't singing? Oh, I don't know. I know it did make my roommate go, what in the hell are you listening <laughs> to? So. Well, well done by uh, Submarine Mike's wife playing the role of Susan in Talladega Nights there. I like that. Who's next? Yeah, I can't complain about third place too much. That was a good race. The car got better. They got the car running pretty good and looked really good racing with them guys and uh, building some good stuff for next week. And uh, that's what I'm sure they want to win that 600 next week. And uh, I'm sure everybody, I know myself, points in the race. I'm like, this format is stupid. Don't understand what's going on. But when I stayed, I was pretty pleased with it. And that's because Junior finished well tonight. I'm pretty sure if he got caught up in a wreck or finished bad, I would hate the system, throw it away, throw it the garbage. Of course, it's good when you're up, and it, but it's really bad when you're down. But it looks like the 88 team's going good, going up from here. So, Dale, yeah, go get him in the 600, buddy. You know, do we know this guy's name that just called in? He calls in a lot to Reaction Theater. Do we have a name for him? I don't have one. We don't. I have his phone number, but I don't have it. <laughs> okay, call him up and ask him what name we'd like to call him in, in the future. Uh, but Mike Davis, I, I, I'd like to call him out because out of all the people that ever call into Reaction Theater, he's the one that I would want to go have some beers with and, and watch the race. He ain't no Ira Joe Hussey, but he, I guess he'll work for you. You know what I'm saying? Like Just listening to his voice, I'm like, yeah, this guy's one of he, he's he, he operates the same way I do on a race day. All right, so now that, we know what voice uh, excites you uh, and who you like. In a very platonic way, I might add, okay? I just want to make that clear. All right, got it. Yeah. I'm writing it down, platonic way, got it. Yeah, I think that means <laughs> asexual. Who's next? I'm sure nobody's shocked that I'm running, but you may be flabbergasted to know I'm not running because I'm pissed off. I'm running because I'm in a good mood. Dale Jr. challenged himself. His crew, 4888 shop, and Hendricks figured something out for his damn Toyotas. Yeah, they finally had a little bit of speed there. I don't know if it was greasy fast, but uh, it was pretty pretty speedy. You know, if Carl Edwards getting stopped on pit road, got caught with missing lug nut, you know, maybe NASCAR put a stop to their shenanigans. Hell, maybe old Dale Jr. get a, a world Coca-Cola 600 victory this weekend, and he don't have to worry about getting one before he tires. I say let's get us a victory over the holiday weekend. Give us two things to celebrate. Hell yeah. Yes. I, listen, he, his running had an incredible impact on the end of the 2014 season, I believe. It might have been 13. I think it was 13. Yeah, to end, you're right. It was the end of the 2013 season. His running did. Had a big impact. And so that's why he's doing it, because he wants it to have a big impact again. And I really respect him and appreciate him for that. I even respect him and appreciate him more because he wrote Mike Davis sucks in the concrete the other day and sent a picture out. Why did he do that? Because Mike Davis sucks. And it's Better hysterical. question, where did he do that? That's what do you mean? Question. He wrote it in, con- in wet concrete? I tapped yes. the picture to your show sheet. Oh, yeah, he doesn't really? read the show. He doesn't look at the show sheet, obviously. <laughs> you look at the last page. I looked at the show sheet. I you can... Dado in the concrete writes, Mike Davis sucks. Oh, he's showing me a picture. Well, that jerk. 
He better smooth that out before that thing's dried. My yeah, I hope he doesn't. Sucks. I hope it's there forever. Man, he looks so happy. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he really does. Dado's the man. All right, one more. Well, I'm walking away with a better feeling than I did last week at Dover. Looks like we got the car going in a positive direction. I think uh, we just need to hang in there. We'll get there. And I tell you, uh, as far as the format goes, uh, at first it was confusing, but it definitely was exciting compared to previous formats. Hell, the only thing worse than the previous All-Star formats has been watching Datto pour f***ing concrete oh. all weekend long Wow, Periscope. Somebody please take his Periscope account away. He is... <laughs> Fraud, wasting, and abusing the internet. Anyway, keep it up. Hell yeah. Hashtag Mike Davis still sucks. Okay. Sloppy Yellow is on fire right now yeah. uh, with the amount of tweeting and periscoping he's doing. Yeah, and I disagree. I think that uh, Dado on Periscope is a good thing for everyone. It I, is hilarious. Yeah, I think he needs to keep that up because I find myself with catching him. I may not catch him live, but I'll, I'll, I'll go in there and see that he's periscoped about 12 times in the last several hours and so i'll go and I'll, I'll look and see what his topics are i may catch one or two but they're always pretty funny like he'll periscope a, a game of jenga uh but somehow dado makes that interesting i don't know how he does it so uh no he doesn't need to stop periscoping he's a damn fine american reaction theater number is 855-740-1902 855-740-1902 it's open 24 7 365 and you can always leave your voicemail message, and first name Davis will play the best of them if he clears out the ones from the previous. <laughs> never week. live it down. He'll never. never live it down, nor should he. Be happy with the all-new Spy Dale Jr. paint scheme sunglasses. It's called the Livery Series. They're available in the popular Dirty Mode, General Dega, McCoy, and Admiral Frames. Craziest paint scheme yet was released last week at the all-new limited edition Spy Wrangler Dega sunglasses. Junior tweeted them out. Check it out this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway, or you can order online at spyoptic.com. Junior actually tweeted them out inadvertently uh, before he was supposed to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I love and, it. And then when I told him, we, we were in Philadelphia at the time. This was last week. We were in Philadelphia at the time, and I said, uh, I don't think they wanted you. And he's like, well, it's too late now. I'm leaving it. <laughs> All right. So apologies to Spy. Yeah. On that, uh, sorry if the uh, the old boss man got in front of our marketing strategy there. But, yes, it is out now, so you should go check out the Wranglers. That's one more reason why we love Dale Jr. and love doing this podcast. Yep. Speaking of Dale Jr., uh, we have a podcast to do with him coming up soon. I bet you have something about that in White Flag. White Flag right there, White Flag. Well, you would be correct, Taylor. In fact, all I want to talk about in White Flag is this coming weekend, the racing and fan day. We'll start with Fan Day. If you are in the area, you as in Taylor and you as in fans. Taylor, I know you will be in the area. Yes. But I also want the fans to come by on Fan Day. That's this Friday. Taylor, just g give them a little flavor on what Fan Day here is like. It's really cool, man. I mean, just there's so many people around Junior Nation that uh, have access to come in the store and, and see all the drivers, Dale Jr. included, uh, get an autograph. Uh, the fact that you get to watch some of our shows – will be terrific. I think you'll really enjoy that. But, I mean, you really do. You feel like you're part of the family on fan day. Yeah, I mean, it's a carnival outside. You meet a lot of people. There's people right now in the studio that have been watching this podcast. Like, on Friday, it will be packed. It will be packed out here. There will be so many booths and so many things and activities set up. Carrie Earnhardt's going to be out there teaching people how to shoot a bow. 
Oh, man. Actually, I think he's going to be out there. I'd heard that idea. I just maybe he maybe. I, oh, he is. Yeah, okay, he'll good. Be out there. Good. Because I feel bad if I got everybody excited about no. that and then it didn't actually happen. He's going to be out there. Are you going to do it, Davis? You wanna, have you ever shot a bow? No, never. That in has to happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see this. Davis, please, please make sure that you hide the women and children when this happens. You know, by the way, Taylor. Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, he thinks he's Robin Hood now, just the idea of it. Uh, yeah, so on the fan day, Taylor, you mentioned this a little bit, but I want to explain. The Exalta studio here will be just a buzz of activity. Earnhardt Outdoors will be here taping at 10 a.m. The download will go off at 11 a.m. Taylor, that's you. Dale Jr. will be in studio. Jerem up front at noon. Door bumper clears at 2 p.m. Motor Mouths will be chatting with fans outside throughout the day. You're wondering, well, what about Fast Lane Family? Well, Kelly Earnhardt is going to be on Earnhardt Outdoors with Carrie and Hank. So, you know, there's only so much Kelly that we can spread around here. So this thing will be popping all day long. I mean, Kelly, uh, Dale, I'm sure Sadler. You got a lot of drivers coming in here. Um, so that'll be fun for Dirty Mo Radio. Da- Davis, what are we going to do? Are we going to actually put out a Dale Jr. download then that Friday? Special Dale Jr. download. Oh, how about that, Taylor? I like it. It's a great idea. All right, here we are. Xfinity Racing happens this Saturday. Elliot Sadler, Justin Algar, and Cole Custer going for Team Junior. I'm excited to see Cole Custer run yeah, this. It's fun. This he was race. fun. Richmond had a good finish there. Yeah, yeah. He's a wheel man. He'd do it all right. Uh, Sunday, it's the, it, Sunday is the greatest day of racing in the world. You know that, right? I mean, you wake up to Formula One, Monaco. That's yep. the mo- that's that's just a, such an awesome uh, event there. So you wake up to Formula. Does anybody one, have any money at that event? Good gracious! Good heavens! Yeah, Davis. Do you have a yacht that we could go watch that race? I do. We do the download from Monaco. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, we can do that. Put two hundred fifty dollars on exaggerated. <laughs> there you go. So. We in a paddle boat. All right, you've got the Indy five hundred that starts in the afternoon, and then NASCAR's World six hundred. It's six p.m. Eastern, five p.m. Central. Junior. We'll be driving that number 88 Nationwide Chevrolet. That race will be on Fox and the Performance Racing Network. Love it. Cannot wait. Let's get us a victory, man. Time to get in the uh, – and, and time to go to victory lane and, and get fired up. Uh, I'm not making any predictions here on the show, but um, I think Sunday night's going to be a good night. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Good stuff this week on the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy for Dale Jr., for First Name Davis, for Mike Davis, for Jeff Gluck, for Ira Joe Hussey. There you go. I'm Taylor Zarzer. This has been the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Hey, Dirty Mo Radio listeners, make sure you follow at Exalta Racing on Twitter, because if they reach 20,000 followers before May 13th, they'll partner with Pocono Raceway and give away $88,000 to one lucky winner if Dale Jr. wins the Exalta We Paint Winners 400. Go follow them at Exalta Racing. You'll be glad you did.